Robin Sills, your hostess with all her special guests for the next half hour here. Can't wait to find out what she's up to today. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Welcome to Medically Speaking in the Morning. And this is our program that's sponsored by our Spirit of Women Network. And we are, we were thinking that we were flying by the seat of our pants this morning, but I think we are, we are now in control, which I'm very happy about. Um, one of our physicians who's going to be with us this morning is Dr. Karen Kennedy. She's a pediatrician at our Pond Place Medical Center in Prospect, is waiting on the line. But before I get to her, I kind of brought in with me my A-team and the A-team of Catherine Walker and Jen Clement, who are are part of the marketing team with me at St. Mary's Hospital. And because this is our Spirit of Women program, we wanted to talk about two of the upcoming programs that we have this fall. I think it's really important for us to get the information out there so that you're more aware of it. Our Spirit of Women um, we is a network that we started with oh, about almost two years ago now. We we're a Spirit of Women hospital. And we actually just won a national award. St. Mary's Hospital won a national award for being a Spirit of Women Hospital and because of our programming. And Catherine Walker, our our community programs coordinator at St. Mary's Hospital, community program specialist, I should say, we like to use that term, at St. Mary's was down in Florida accepting award with um, Barb White, who is our uh, managing um, manager of the marketing department at St. Mary's Hospital. So Catherine, good morning. Good morning, Robin. How are you? Good. How are you doing today? And I should congratulate you because you're part of the team for Spirit of Women, and we won our award. Can you tell us quickly about the award that we won? Yeah, definitely. So we were one of five finalists that got to present at the National Executive Meeting for Spirit of Women back um, at the end of July, and it was actually done um, in Miami, Florida. We were able to present in front of a crowd of about 200 people, um, and it was actually based on the audience reviews of our presentation that um, that we got the top top honoree for um, for the national executive meeting. So we are so proud and so excited. Last year I went to the national meeting, and um, we weren't one of the finalists, so I got to watch and see how um, the different programs were submitted, and I really believe that we rocked it. And, Jen, you were a big part of helping us put together the presentation. You want to talk about the presentation that helped us win? Come on. Yes, you do, Jen. You know what, Robin? I just do want to give a shout-out to our cardiac and stroke teams at St. Mary's this morning because I guess it's award season at St. Mary's. I don't know if anybody saw the business section of the Republican American yesterday, but we got some love for our um, heart failure and COPD care, um, some really good recognition for that team. And also, um, we have been certified as a stroke center by the Joint Commission so we've got a lot going we've on. We've got a lot of awards <laughs> happening. And also, I will say, an award from the American Heart Association for our cardiac care for heart attack patients. So so proud. So proud to be very proud of so our proud to be part of this team teams. at St. Mary's Hospital. So, yeah, thank you for that, Jen. But definitely Spirit of Women is part of that. Spirit of Women is, is the organization that helps us catalyst our information out to the community. So with that being said, there's two programs coming up. Maybe we want to talk about the two programs that are happening. Yeah, definitely. So we have two set for this fall. Our first one is going to be on September 15th at La Bella Vista from 5 o'clock till 8 o'clock. And that is actually going to be open on stmh.org on Monday to register. So be aware of that coming up soon. And then we have November 10th is titled... um, 
Team Type 2. I know. I keep forgetting that title, too. <laughs> I, I know. And then um, and there will be at the lovely Naugatuck Valley Community College. Um, and that is, again, on November 10th. So be on the lookout for for promotions for that event later on in the fall. And it's really exciting. Fight fatigue. And I'm involved in, in, in bringing the physicians together to speak at these. That's my job in Spirit of Women is grabbing our docs who... I don't even really have to grab anymore. They kind of just raise their hands and say, I want to come and do a presentation with your Spirit of Women program. And the two programs we're talking about, the one on September 15th and November 10th, they're both free, which is really exciting. And I'm so excited that we are able to present these free to the public. So fight fatigue is, and it's kind of, you know, you think about fight fatigue, you know, we're all tired, we're all, but really the program is really focused upon, around pre-menopause. So perimenopausal symptoms, where you start feeling tired, you're putting on weight, you're just not feeling like yourself, you're moody, you're crabby. I have my communication specialist, Jen Clement, throwing words at me, which is really good. She's my, she's my wordy. And it's just, it's a great program. We're going to have a panel of physicians because we're looking at our OBGYN community. We're looking at our endocrinologists, our sleep study. Jen just gave me the little sleep thing. Yeah. We're having our sleep study uh, physician there, Dr. Kaladner. There's a lot of physicians that are going to be part of it that are going to be part of a panel to address your concerns. And a really neat thing is we always do what we call a health utainment. So we have Dr. Peter Zillahi. That's going to help us with that, right, Catherine? We're going to talk about that. That's going to be fun. Yes, absolutely. It should be a really good time with Dr. Zillahi's group. He's, he's great. He's a chiropractor who works a lot with perimenopausal patients. He's going to doing a little acupuncture demonstration and talking about, you know, ways to eat or eat healthy and stay healthy. And we have our St. Mary's team from the Nutrition uh, Counseling Center, our new Nutrition Counseling Center. They're going to be there, too, giving really great health information on how to fight fatigue and not eat so much sugar that makes us tired so that's exciting do you have something jen i will say that our spirit of women events every single one of them for the last two years have sold out so if you are interested in attending please go to stmh.org and sign up starting monday Definitely, definitely, because they do. They sell out. And it's almost standing room only. And, I mean, we are at La Bella Vista, so the one thing you know about La Bella Vista is the Ponte Club. You can add room. You know, they always can squeeze them in. They can pack them in there. They, it's true Italian fashion. They do, they never say no. We can, we can definitely fit you in. But it's a great event, and I, I highly recommend that you register first because we want a good head count because you will have some nice light bites. If you can call the Ponte Club food light bites, ah. but very, very good, very good food. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about Tame Two Type, Tame Type Two, um, the program in November at the end of the program. Right now, I want to get Dr. Kennedy on the line because Dr. Kennedy has been waiting so patiently. Hi, Dr. Kennedy. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, thanks. I'm happy to be here. That's great. So Dr. Kennedy so graciously took the time out this morning, and she, she too, was, was running crazy late because she's been so busy with patients. I think you were there late last night, weren't you? Yes. You were. You were there at the office late. The and temperature, the humidity, and the heat is hard for kids with asthma. Oh. So yeah, you've. I, when I was at the office with you yesterday, you had a couple of phone calls. They wanted to try to get kids in. So again, Dr. Kennedy is a pediatrician with the Franklin Medical Group. That's part of St. Mary's Hospital, and she is at the Pond Place office at 166 Waterbury Road. And how long have you been with us now, Dr. Kennedy? Oh my goodness, I think since 2006. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And we and you. Yeah. So that's when you came to the Prospect office, right? I remember. 
No, I, f- I first started at St. Mary's you in did. the Children's Health Center, so okay. our office is relatively new. We're four. You're four years there. <laughs> you're four. That's right. That's right. We're, now, you're, you were also down at Yale, correct? Yes. I have uh, admitting privileges at Yale, so I will see patients if they are either born at Yale or hospitalized at Yale for any reason. So the reason I reached out to you is we know it's back to school time. I, I Parents love that. You know, it's time for the kids to get back to school. But there's a lot that go along with that. And we're calling today's program Temperature Tantrum. It's one of the, the little teasers that was put out there by uh, Spirit of Women. And I loved the title. And it really had a lot to do about when you worry and don't worry about a child's fever. But with the whole back-to-school thing comes a lot of different disease processes. So especially with this heat right now when the kids are going back to school, I'm sure that you have situations where there's a temp- where a kid's body temperature will go up, but it's really not a fever. So why don't we start with that, with the very basic of how do you know when it's a temperature or maybe if the child is just overheated? Well, it obviously depends on the child's age. So commonly parents, first-time parents with a newborn will have questions about, is my baby too cold, too warm? How much do I bundle them? Do they need a hat? Whatever. So it really does depend on the child's age. If your child has been out at an amusement park or a family picnic birthday party and it's 97 degrees with a high humidity index, um, they... Um, will, you know, obviously get too hot, and especially if they are um, dehydrated. So um, it's very situational. So if you have a young one, a newborn or an infant, and you're worried that they are too hot, first, you know, just feel their cheek. You can kiss them on the cheek, and if they feel warm to you, then you can um, unbundle them and take their hat off or take the first layer of clothing off. So some of the basics... um, same way you would as an older person. If you start to get hot, you would take your sweater off. So start with the simple sort of common sense basics. If your child's a little bit older and they, like I said, are running around in the heat or have forgotten to drink because they're excited about their birthday party, bring them inside, sit them down in a cooler, you know, air conditioned in front of a fan, take some of their clothes off and make sure that they have enough water. So dehydration is a huge a huge contributor to um, people's temperature going up. So if a child, and then you, of course, can always use a thermometer. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Well, when when you use the thermometer, if a child is overheated, how high will it get? Well, you know, normally it, it, I have never seen anybody go over 106, 106. Wow. Um, Children tend to run hotter as adults. If we get a fever of 103, we tend to feel like we're dying. Mm. Um, kids, quite commonly, you can see 102, 103, 104, um, and they they seem to manage it better. Than an adult does. Yes. And yeah. why is that? Why, why in a child is it different? Because I had heard that, you know, at some point during my nursing career, that it's very different for a child versus an adult. I think kids just have more reserve in okay. a lot of ways. Um, they and they're they're younger, their immune system's stronger, everything revs up more quickly. It's kind of like the older we get it takes a little we don't have as much reserve. <laughs> we have more stress. <laughs> We're stressed. <laughs> stress is definitely a big factor. Now 
I think that, you know, one of the things I, I like to mention is that fever is a natural response. So, you know, we think of it as a, it's definitely a symptom, but it's your body's natural response to fight an infection. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is, I think, the biggest um, misunderstanding with parents when they're concerned about their children, um, rightfully so, because they love their kids and they want to make sure everything's okay, but they tend to panic when a child gets a fever, and there's a lot of confusion about what really is a fever. So someone will come in and say, oh, my child was burning up. They had a temperature of 99. And technically, as physicians, we tend not to even really think of it as a fever until it goes above 100.4, so 100.4. Wow. One of the reasons, and and normal is 98.6, but people vary, just like some people have brown eyes and some people have blue eyes. You can go a temperature uh, a degree above or a degree below. So it's very important if your child tends to run low, so you know just from experience that instead of 98.6, they, you know, tend to be 97.6. That's always important to tell your child's pediatrician because your pediatrician may not think it's a fever if they're only at 99, but if your child runs a point lower, then it might be significant for your child. So um, there's a variation, number one. Number two, um, it really is your friend. Like you said, it's a very natural response, and it's something that we really don't need to be afraid of. So if your child is doing well and they're playing and they're eating and they're happy and, you know, they're just a little bit mushy or droopy, um, you don't need to give them any Tylenol or Motrin. Mm -hmm. You actually want to try not to give them Tylenol or Motrin if they're doing well because the fever is the body's natural defense to do things like bring in antibodies, increase the blood flow, bring in white blood cells, all the good things in our body that help fight infection. And it can help kill viruses or bacteria um, by getting them too hot and destroying their proteins so then they will, you know, no longer live and you'll get better faster. Some of the research shows that you'll get better on average about a day faster with a higher temperature. Really? Yep. I, you know, I never heard of that. I think we do. I mean, I go back to when my kids were little. I panicked when they had a temperature. And right away, you rush them, you know. I remember Dr. Mascoli saying, dress the child and bring him right in. And the, we used to, oh, and you, and, and you always look for something. But a lot of times it's viral. So the body's just right. trying to fight something. Right. Well, you don't have to rush them anywhere, with all due respect to yeah. um, Dr. Mascoli. Um, but, and that's the other thing, people panic at night. Fevers tend to go up at night. Right. Little fever gremlins come out and your kids mm. run hotter at night. Mm. And they go to the emergency room unnecessarily. And mm. that's harmful in a couple of ways. First right. of all, you're exposing your child whose system is already fighting something to other potential germs because you're sitting with a group of people who are sick and coughing and are sick with other viruses or bacterial infections. But, um, you first should never, ever swab with um, alcohol. I think sort of a while ago, grandparents would rub their children down with, you know, rubbing alcohol. It is okay to use a cool washcloth um, to wipe a child down. It's also okay to put them in the tub if you can get them to get in the tub. So right. what I tell my patients is just put your, you know, close your eyes, put your hand in the water of the tub, and it should feel the temperature of the air. 
And obviously, if your child is crying and unhappy and has a fever, you're going to have to use some distractions with bath toys or whatnot. Mm-hmm. You might even want to plan ahead and have a special new toy that they've never seen before so that when you try to get a toddler to sit in a tub when they're already sort of hot and sometimes they have, you know, shaking chills, it's not always their favorite place to be. Right. So you could bring out some new special toy that would distract them while you're trying to do that. It's so funny that you mentioned the rubbing alcohol. I remember my grandmother doing that to me. I -hmm. remember that. That was an old way of thinking. Right, right. Well, it really, you know, the thing, part of the thing I think that scares people is how a child responds to a fever. So to me, it seems almost like they become little dish rags. They just lay on you and they don't want to move or they lay on the couch and, you know, they're sleeping more. They, their hands and feet tend to get cooler and sometimes they almost change color, almost kind of a purpley bluish color or modeling as we call it. And the core temperature, so their chest will feel warm, but their extremities might feel cool. Their heart goes really, really fast, and they breathe really hard. They breathe really, and that's so scary. Right. So if you have a little toddler lying on your chest who's got sort of this heavy, fast breathing, their heart is pounding, and they're just not moving, (laughs) it is very frightening, and it's totally, totally understandable. And sometimes they shiver. Yes, yes. And people sometimes confuse that with a seizure. Yeah. And so so a fever with a little bit of shivering is, again, a very normal um, response. The um, a, a seizure would be if your child is shaking, say their arms or legs are going up and down in a regular rhythmic motion, and you try to put your hand on top of it to stop that movement, and the movement doesn't stop, that's a seizure. And that you do want to call your doctor about if your child has a seizure when they have a fever. Now, you mentioned that it is, we were talking that it is the body's natural defense to fight an infection and actually helps to fight the infection. When should we be giving the Tylenol or the Motrin? When, you know, when the child feels really sick? And is not playing or active. Is that is that the sign when he's really lethargic? Right. Well, lethargic is a, a loaded term because mm-hmm. oftentimes people think their child is lethargic because they, like I said, they'll just lay on you and not want to do anything. If they're resting comfortably on you and not in pain, you don't necessarily have to give them anything. If, you know, if to me, a low-grade fever is sort of 101. Right. Um, if, if they get to 102, as long as they're still, um, you know, looking at you and will smile and respond and you know, they'll eat or drink something. Drinking is much more important, obviously, when they don't right. feel well at all. They're not likely to want to eat. But... Um, you don't want them to get dehydrated. So a higher fever can, um, you know, requires the child to drink more. And likewise, if they're hot because they've right. been running around in the sun, they need to drink more. What do they? Um, what do you do if 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 their throat is really really sore and they can't swallow, and then they have this fever? I mean, that's always the juggle, right? Right. So always treat, I would say, if your child's in pain. And right. fevers often accompany something like a sore throat or a strep throat or an earache or. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if your child's in pain, I, I would definitely give them some Motrin or Tylenol. I'm not a fan, and forgive me, my fellow colleagues, because I know there are many, many pediatricians who recommend alternating Tylenol and Motrin. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not a fan of that. I would pick one of the, uh, one or the other for several reasons. One, 
I think that sometimes it's easy to get confused, especially if you're concerned about your child. Mm. There are also many, many over-the-counter cough, cold, allergy, flu, symptom concoctions that have Tylenol or acetaminophen, it's called, in it. So a parent might think, oh, I'm giving my child Tylenol for the fever, and I'm going to give them this cough and cold oh. remedy that I got at CVS or Walgreens or whatever, and they're giving them too much Tylenol. And they, don't even, know it. And they don't even know it. They don't even know it because they may not have read the ingredients. It's a little bit confusing because who knows that Tylenol is acetaminophen. But the reality is that Tylenol or acetaminophen if you give too much, it can kill your liver. So it's actually very harmful. You do not want to give too much Tylenol. So, um, and you, and, and like I said, people with the best intentions can get mixed up. So right. I always recommend only giving one, get pure Tylenol, get pure Motrin, and I, I don't recommend alternating. Uh, the second reason is, you know, when I trained at Yale during my residency, our program director, um, was a nephrologist, so he specialized in the kidneys. And he said it's very, very, very rare, but there are certain times when a child has a medical problem and they're very dehydrated or their kidneys are compromised, and he had seen some damage done to people when they were alternating Tylenol and Motrin. So that's my personal reason for not recommending it. Um, like I said, there's other ways. You can put them in a tepid tub. You can take a, a sort of a lukewarm washcloth and sponge them off. Um, one other thing, people get concerned. So if their child has a fever of 103 and they give the appropriate dose of Motrin, you always want to double check, and it's most accurate to dose your child according to their weight. And you can usually get a handout from your pediatrician's office about, you know, it goes by weight, and they will tell you how much to give your child. Um so if you do give the appropriate dose, it will only usually drop a temperature a couple of degrees. So don't be discouraged or alarmed if your child has a fever of 103, you give Motrin and it only comes down to 101. That is perfectly normal. Yeah, I think our expectation as a parent, and I'll take my nurse's hat off, our expectation as a parent is for it to go right to 98.6. Exactly, exactly. And that doesn't happen. No, and it's okay that it doesn't happen. Again, it's really... Um, it's hard to see your child that droopy and mushy, right. medical term there, but <laughs> it's true. They just so look true. terrible. And so, but I, I would always, if your child's in pain, if they have an earache, they're crying, they're holding their ear, you know, you have to be careful with um, gastroenteritis or stomach viruses. If there's been a lot of vomiting and diarrhea, um, Motrin is very hard on their stomach, so then I would recommend Tylenol. Yeah. Oftentimes, if a child doesn't want to eat and they're feeling sick and throwing up, you can't even get them to take anything by mouth. You can't even get them to take mouth. anything, right, right. And people forget that there are Tylenol suppositories that you can get over the counter at your favorite drugstore, and you just stick it gently in their bottom, and you kind of hold their little bottom yeah. together so that they don't push it back out. And that's a way to get Tylenol into your child when, when they are vomiting or their tummy's upset and they don't want hold anything down. It's, it's funny you say that because you know very well because you're my you're my grandson's pediatrician. I said that to my daughter. I said, well, you should get the Tylenol suppository. She goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, her, people get, people oh. have a little bit hard for them, but it, you know, you can always, you know, talk to your doctor about it, but um, 
that is that is a way to do things if you need to get something into them. It's um, so it's now you you know I was teasing you yesterday. You go you said to me how long is this programmed? Because I don't know if we could talk about temperatures for that long. <laughs> now the whole almost the whole half hour has gone by, and we talked about temperatures, and we could probably go on much longer about temperatures as i as i said to you you know once you and i start talking and you open up your little can there of the wealth of information that you have i know that we are definitely going to be able to take a topic and make it give it a life of its own so we did it you You are very very easy to talk (laughs) well you are one of the best docs i know and if i trust my grandson to you then you know out there everybody and everybody listening that i think that this pediatrician is pretty special so Oh, you. So uh, thank you. Again, thank this is Dr. Well, I, Karen Kennedy. I love him. <laughs> Yo, I know you love my Polly. This yes, is Dr. Do. Karen Kennedy. She is with the Franklin Medical Group, part of uh, St. Mary's Hospital at Pond Place uh, Pediatrics um, in Prospect at 166 Waterbury Road. Pretty good. I knew that at the top of my... That's pretty good. That's yeah. not bad, right? That's <laughs> not bad. And you can actually find Dr. Kennedy right on our website, www.stmh.org, and click on the top bar. It says the Franklin Medical Group, and go under specialty, and you will be able to find her picture and all her information and her incredible partner, Dr. Allison Rivetto, who's also an amazing physician. You guys are a dynamic she's duo phenomenal. out there. She's absolutely phenomenal. I couldn't work with a better person. I, can I just put in two more things Definitely. that I think are really important? Definitely. Um, do not ever, ever, ever give a child or adolescent under the age of 18 aspirin because it can cause a thing called Rye syndrome, especially if it's given when somebody has the flu or other viruses. It can actually um, put the child into a coma and um, their liver can go into failure. So even though it's okay for an adult to take aspirin, never, 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 if you are out of Tylenol or Motrin, don't say, oh, here, I'll just crush this up or whatever and give this to my child. You do not want to give children aspirin. Especially with baby aspirin in almost every house because a lot of adults are taking it. Yes. Even a grandparent, you know, taking it might say the baby has a temp. I can give him the, the baby aspirin. Right, and it's called baby aspirin, so it's very, very misleading. And it tastes <laughs> and, like, I remember it tastes like oranges. Oh, it's delicious. Right? I, I, <laughs> I remember, yeah, I used to love it when I had to get that. Um, so, so lastly, do not confuse heat stroke, which is an abnormal functioning of your body where your body has lost the ability to cool off. So sometimes you'll get, you'll Google or you'll get on the web and you'll see, you know, heat stroke, temperature of 104, panic, rush them to the hospital. That is very confusing to people because then they'll talk to me and they'll say, my baby has a temperature of 104 and I'll say, it's okay. So a fever when a child or an adult or whoever is ill, the body has the ability to cool itself off. And it's a helpful thing. It really, your, a fever is your friend. It is fighting the infection. It's killing that virus. You're going to get better faster. A temperature in a kid who's been on the soccer field or football preseason in August who is going into heat stroke is, is a life-threatening event. That is an emergency, and that's the body has lost its ability to cool itself off. So very, very important not to confuse the two. And the best way to prevent heat stroke for all you young athletes out there who are going to be starting your preseason practices, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate before, during, frequently during, and after. So thirst is one drive in your body that sort of lags behind. By the time you're thirsty, 
you are already starting to get dehydrated. So you, you have to think ahead for your body. You really, really have to hydrate. And that's an important message for our coaches out there, too, to make Absolutely. sure that they let the kids hydrate. And if they see the kids are getting overheated, give them that break. Don't push them. Because they're oh, absolutely. They should have mandatory breaks, and if they see a kid not going to their water bottle, they need to say, hey, you need to drink. Awesome, awesome. Well, Dr. Yeah. Kennedy, thank you. Thank you again so much for joining us again. This is Dr. Karen Kennedy, and we will be talking to you soon. So thank you so much for joining us. I know you have a patient, so please yes, don't let me keep you. Yes, thank you for having me. You're I welcome. appreciate it every time. Have a great day, everybody. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. So I hope you all enjoyed that. That Again, Dr. Karen Kennedy, our pediatrician, Franklin Medical Group, St. Mary's Hospital. You can hear this broadcast um, on iTunes, on our podcast under Medically Speaking. So I'm sure a lot of people out there have iTunes. It's really neat. So just go on and download. You can hear all these programs. Jen Clement will take this program and put it up there um, by early next week. So if you want to play it for a family member or, you know, one of your, 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 your daughter or your son for your grandchild, I think it's a really important topic to have, especially with the kids going back to school and with them playing the preseason sports. I think she gave us some great information. So quickly, quickly, um, we again have our program for Spirit of Women, September 15th at La Bella Vista. Registration goes live starting Monday and you can go on stmh.org. Click on the Spirit of Women across the top and you will be able to register for our Fight Fatigue program at La Bella Vista. And then we will be talking more about Team 2 type B type 2 diabetes. I know we didn't get to that today, but I will talk more about that on Wednesday evening because I will be back with you Wednesday evening for our Medically Speaking evening program from 6 to 7. So thank you so much. We had a full pack morning in a half an hour. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Robin Sills, St. Mary's Hospital. Exceptional care every patient, every day. Have a great weekend. This is your radio station for news, talk, and entertainment. 1320 AM WATR Waterbury. Fox News Radio. I'm Dave Anthony. Even Democrats who hate Donald Trump.